Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 23rd, 2015. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book and we will begin reading on page 75, the second paragraph, beginning with, We Pocket Our Pride. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Ellen B., 12 Traditions, Diane G. Our readers will be Hoodie R, Nicole S, and Angela D. The share ID for Wednesday, April 22nd, 2015 is 7495, and Deanna B will be our newcomer greeter. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ellen B. to read the OA 12 steps. The, number, the 12, um, Ellen B. from Maryland, compulsive overeater. 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral <clears throat> inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ellen B., I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. Recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups, ROA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. <clears throat> Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Sally, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 75 Paragraph 2, beginning with, we pocket our pride. I will ask Hoodie R. from Israel to get us started with one paragraph. Hoodie. Good morning, Sally. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I am Hoodie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past, 
Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on a broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And I'm just going to set my timer here. Um, So um, we pocket our pride and go to an illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. And, you know, going going to my sponsor and sharing openly and honestly for the first time my true self, yet it was it was scary, but, you know, getting myself out of that, the loneliness, the isolation, the self-pity, the fears, and all the lies that I believed, I would tell myself over and over, this was a freeing experience. I was willing to take advice and accept direction from my sponsor because I knew that I was out of options and I wanted so desperately to get, get, and get well and stay well. And with this honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, I was set on the road to straight thinking, solid honesty, and genuine humility. And with me, it was difficult in the beginning, um, you know, a couple of sponsors that I had. And I was the type that I would tell one thing to this sponsor and this one to the to another sponsor and you know this experience did not work the fifth step I did not get those promises that are laid out here in this paragraph and um, I just wanted to read um, something that really connects here in this in the AA 12 and 12 on page 57 Um, this vital step was also the means by which we began to get the feeling that we could be forgiven no matter what we had thought or done Often it was while working on this step with our sponsors or spiritual advisors that we first felt truly able to forgive others, no matter how deeply we felt they had wronged us. Our moral inventory had persuaded us that all-round forgiveness was desirable, but it was only when we resolutely tackled step five that we inwardly knew that we'd be able to receive forgiveness and give it to. And if I cannot receive forgiveness, then I can't give it away. And um, it's with the step five, discussing everything with my sponsor, that I was free. I was able to be free of my fear, my worry, my doubts, and move to a better, more saner, happier life and living. Thank you, OA. Thank you, Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Melissa C. Okay. Anyone else? I heard you, Charles H. Charles H., Melissa C., was there anyone else? Charles H. I I heard you, Charles H. Angela D. from Westchester. Okay. I'd like to see Vasa. Vasa. Madam? Diane? Is that Diane? Okay, let's get started. I'm not sure that last name, but Charles Charles H., Melissa C., and we'll take it. We'll start from there. Go ahead, Charles.
Charles? Can't hear you. She was in the line. Yeah, you hear me, Sally? Yes, like, is that you, Charles? Yes. I'm so sorry for the confusion. Go ahead. That's okay. I'm so sorry, too. You know, I, 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 you know, on most days I jump out the window. And, you know, thank God I got the cushions of OA to, to catch me. And, you know, I'm just grateful. Like, you know, there's no inventing the wheel here. This thing's been working for 80 years, right? Like, you know, page 75, those promises. Um, we pocketed our pride. Now, I, I, I like the big book saying this because, you know, just because I'm going through this process don't mean that I ain't got no pride. Don't mean that I'm going to eliminate my pride. I just pocket it just for now and illuminate every twist of character because um, I'm twisted every single day. You know, and, and this is just for me, right? Uh, you know, I, I heard this. A wise person always has something to say, but the fool always got to say something. Charles H., you the fool, because before I oh, – you. You ever notice you talk, you make an outreach call, and and um, I, I don't pocket my pride, man. I'm, you know, when I was very new in program, I made calls or I accepted calls, and I dominated the call. So I, I, I didn't pocket my pride at that point. But when I, when, I, when I'm doing this work, like doing this fifth step work, and um and or my I'm doing it with a, a sponsee, and and I pocket my pride until they finish talking. You know, I don't just intercept because, you know, I ain't control. I ain't running the show. You know what I'm saying? I know one that that, that, that is running the show in my life, and I'm grateful for it. You know, and, and, and you know, I've become closer to my, my higher power. You know, these promises, man, it's, at least seven of them on page 75. When I was a newcomer, somebody told me, you know, page 75 uh, in the fifth step, has seven promises, seven, five, you know, maybe if I get another number, I could play it if I was a gambler. But uh, with that on pass, that's all I need to share today. Thanks, Sally, for your service. Thank you, Charles. Melissa C. and Angela D., you'll be up next. Melissa. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. I just love, love, love hearing this and reading this and you know, this morning um, I read this in the big book before the meeting and, you know, did some writing. And I get the chills because this is where I'm so grateful that I um, have this food addiction, that I've had this compulsion. Because without it, I would never have had a spiritual awakening. I would never have gotten honest with myself. And, um, you know, when I when I came to OA... Um, Again, when I came again, I this time um, I I knew I needed something more than just a food plan. It finally sunk in um, that I was exhausted, and I kept holding my breath underwater. And I would have some levels of success, you know, putting putting the food down, and then it would always come up. And it it was really because I never got right with myself. I never got honest and I never um, took all of my inventory. I took some of it, but this time I really took it all and I uncovered um, some truth and then I shared it. (laughs) And that was huge. The sharing of it um, 
turned everything. And, and the day I sat with my sponsor and really revealed to her the last pieces that I was holding on to, I walked out of there and the world took on a different view. And I felt lighter. I felt pounds lighter. I felt completely at peace. And, you know, that was the day, too, that the food just stopped having its hold on me. I, it, it's amazing to me that, you know, I'm working with someone right now who's sharing she's really struggling, she wants to eat chocolate, and it's driving her crazy, and and it dawned on me then, I, and that used to be my huge binge food, and I couldn't imagine life without it, and, you know, after doing this step, it was like, it was like magic, I, it's not like I see it, and I'm angry at seeing, you know, chocolate, or it's like, it's just a word, it's just a substance that has no power over me, and it really is because I'm walking hand in hand with my spirit, you know, my my higher power is, is, is leading me today, and I'm just so grateful. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And Angela D. and Vasa, you'll be up next. Angela, it's your turn. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes? Yes, I can. Okay. I'm a very newly recovered, compulsive Overeater and very grateful. Thank you, Sally, for your for your uh, service. It says here we pocket our pride. Thank you, God. It took 25 years for me to understand that I can give this toxic, toxic pride away, my toxic fears away. I can eliminate this twist of character. I can give it away to someone. I could tell God and someone else about this, withholding nothing. We are delighted. Yes, we came to a point in our lives of peace. And I I can give away my fears. And I can have perfect peace. Why? I'm giving it away every single day. There's a place I can put it now. There's a place to understand that food was just the chip of the iceberg. And I can come out of the isolation. And with that, I will pass. And thank you. Thank you, Angela. And Vasa, your turn. And Diane, I think you're up next if you're there. Vasa, your turn. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Sally, for your service. service. And I'm Vasa O. Recover Compulsive Ovida, calling from Florida. Uh, Yeah, I think my biggest motivator was uh, I didn't want to go back to the food. So I needed to follow the directions as the way they laid out here in the big book. And it didn't matter how embarrassed or how afraid I was. I didn't want to die. I wanted to live. So I took their suggestions to keep going, you know. And, again, this was really hard for me, you know, to to do the fifth step with somebody else. I remember saying, well, God knows what I've done in my lifetime with the food and my life, I don't know why I have to go and tell someone else, but it was very important, so I followed the directions, and I did, and I'm so grateful. It was the best thing I had ever done in my life, you know, uh, giving it away. You know, I did write down everything, and I gave it away um, not all in one time. It took, you know, a while because I did it with therapy the first time. 
But anyways, every time I walked out of that place, I felt like better, you know. It was almost like a relief to clean house. And um, it was just amazing. So I did pocket my pride. And I was being very thorough and very honest to the best of my ability up to that point just to tell everything, how I felt, what went. It was just nice without being judged or criticized. And that person shared their own little bit about themselves. And I felt like I was not alone. You know, this this person was an educator. You know, he had master's degrees, you know. And he could share his own weaknesses and his own strengths with me. And he was a man, too. Amen. But anyways, and the fears and the worries and the anxieties were just falling off gradually. And I love the last part. The feeling that the the drink, which the food addiction probably has disappeared, will often come strongly we feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And I felt like at that time I was walking, like it was like I was walking among crowds and crowds of people and feeling I was okay. I'm okay now. I can join everybody else. I don't have to hide from the fears, worries, anxieties, I can be honest with anybody today. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Diane, did you want to share? I thought I heard of Diane earlier. Okay. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Becca W. from Maryland. Renata. Not M. Paula D. I don't know if you heard me. Sheila A. I heard Sarah. I heard Becca. I heard Sarah. Yep. I heard Renata. I heard Matt. I heard Paula D. And I'm going to put me on the end of this line. Let's go with that. Um, forgive me if I got a name, you know, incorrectly pronounced or something. But Becca, you're up first, and Sarah, you're right behind her. Becca. Thanks, Sally, so much for your service today. Um, this is Becca W. Gratefully recovered overeater from Maryland. And um, I love, first of all, I love the fifth step as a sponsor. It's my favorite step um, of all time. It's just so beautiful to watch the transformation of my sponsees, to watch resentment be lifted, to watch the anxiety of fears just vanish away, um, to to have people come to terms with the fact that they've done harm with other people and they're not judging themselves. But the, the thing for me when I went through step five, is that I realized how much hatred I had, how much hatred I was harboring. And someone told me once that, you know, the opposite of love is actually not hate. Um, Both emotions and both feelings are very similar to each other. Um, What's the opposite of both of those is neutrality. And what happened was when I processed the, the people that I was having issues with, that I had strong hatred towards, that just softened, and I was able to let it go. And so that hatred um, came down to neutrality. And over time with this program, there are people who I, I felt strongly about that I didn't want in my life, that it's done harm to me. Um, and 
now today it's like I can bring that neutrality up to the level of love. I can pray for them. Some of the people that I made amends to, I'm friends with again today, and I'm able to leave that past behind, and so are they. It's so miraculous. So in this program, we can learn to love. And for me, my I guess my bottom line or, or my lowest standard is neutrality. I don't have hatred in my life. It feels bad to hate other people. It feels bad to even use the word hate. It's not other than today that I'm sharing or I need to reference it. It's not in my vocabulary. And this program is so beautiful, and this fifth step is so beautiful because we can cleanse ourselves of the things that are that we're holding on to that block us from our higher power. And when we connect with our higher power and when we nurture that that power and when we nurture that connection and relationship, just love is everywhere. It's everywhere. And we see miracles everywhere. So thank you to AA, thank you to OA, and thank you to all of you on the line. Have a beautiful day today. Thanks to my cast. And thank you to Becca. And Sarah, you're up. And Renata, you'll be up next. Sarah, it's your turn. Hi, Sally. It was Sheila H. I'm not sure if Sarah also gave her name, but I was trying to. I'm not sure. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's yeah. a quandary. Yeah, Is I'm not sure. Okay. I'm sorry, Sheila. You go ahead. I don't hear a Sarah, so you go right ahead. Okay. I was good. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Sheila H. from New York. It's covering a day at a time. Just wanted to chime in and look at, because I have it actually highlighted, we begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have the, the belief, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. That has been uh, probably one of the most profound things for me in doing the fourth and fifth step and working with the toughest um, guider in the book is to, um, at times, when I feel whatever, the need to take the control back or the desire, whatever it is that kind of creeps back in there, just call on my creator to come walk with me and actually feel that physical warmth or knowing that he or she is there. And that's just been a gift. I've always had a, a relationship with God, but it's still just been a deepened as twofold. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. And Renata, you're up. Matt, you're up next. Renata? Hi, thank you, Sally. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. There's so much that speaks to me in this paragraph. Um, we talk at our pride and go to it. You know, for me, in this whole program was about humility. You know, without humility, I couldn't even start. Because, you know, in, in step one, I had to admit complete defeat over the food. And that's that's for sure is a blow to my pride, you know. And then, you know, admit that I need uh, help from a power greater than myself, that I can't do this on my own. And, you know, in step four, like taking a, an honest look at my my character defect and, uh, you know, now sharing it with someone else. I mean, that's, if, if that's not humility, I don't know what else is, you know. And... Uh, it says, you know, uh, we're able to look the world in the eye. And I felt for the first time a level of acceptance that I've never felt before because I had all these bad things and feelings going on inside of me and nobody knew about it. And I felt so 
ashamed of it and so guilty. And now I've shared it with someone else, and I just felt this, this peace, and I felt clean, and I felt pure. And, you know, it says, um, we begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. I've never felt so close to God like I did first time I, I, I finished my, my step five. It was really a spiritual experience for me. I believed in God before, but I had never felt the presence of God like I did that day. And I really felt at peace and no fear and taken care of. It was really magical, wonderful experience. But I'll tell you that my experience was that my obsession of the mind was not lifted. You know, I still had a lot of work to do. The next morning, I woke up and I wanted to eat. Thank God, you know, I I, I didn't pick up and I kept doing my step work. But my reality was that the obsession of the mind was not lifted yet. So, you know, but uh, this, you know, uh, that closeness with my higher power gave me more and more strength and faith to keep on working the rest of the steps and then become recovered. Thanks, NFA. Thank you, Renata. Matt, it's your turn. And Paula D., you're up next. Matt? I swear, share. I don't know if the dashboard was hitting the mute button all the time, but it was really hard to unmute before. Every time I tried to do it, I was always suited. So, anyway, <clears throat> hi, good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Matt M, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Yeah, um, we pocket our pride. Um, for me, I'm very pride. I'm very prideful. I'm very mule stubborn, and uh, I finally had a breakthrough in finally getting into this uh, to finish my fourth step, so I can actually do a fifth step because. It is true what they say, the longer you stay in this, you know, you do start to relive experiences. I started to remember things I didn't remember from years and years ago that I thought I'd forgotten or that I blocked out. So this stuff is really, it's, this, this is yucky stuff we're, they're talking about here. We're going into the depths of our souls here with this, doing the fourth step. Now we have to give it away to somebody? Oh, my God, I never thought I would ever tell some people some of these things that are like on my page now. This for, I've done, I've kind of done... Um, half-assed version of four steps in the past. And I know this is the first time in the seven years I've been in program that I've actually done doing it the way it's the right way because I'm being completely honest. And that's why I'm having dreams. And this is why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. It's not a fun process to go through. And this really does separate the men from the boys and the girls from the women, these these particular steps, because they're the action steps. They require you to be totally um, self-seeking as far as finding what your faults are, your, your character defects. And um, me looking into all of this, prayer meditation does help to claw the mind because otherwise this, this, this is stuff that, you, that I can eat over very easily. I choose not to today because this excess food is not going to make me feel any better, you know, because it does, it's a progressive illness. It's progressive. You know, more and more is needed to satiate that thirst. It's a thirst that can never be quenched. I'm just gratefully that um, – for me, that um, I have the willingness to finish this once and for all, and uh, that I am being as honest as I could possibly be just for today. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And Paula D. And thank you, Sally A. This would be Paula D. I am a compulsive overreader. Recovered today, the grace of God. You know, we see directions here. Lord knows we need directions. We pocket our pride and go to it. If my pride is not in my pocket, nothing will be illuminated. It will be right where it always was. And this is, this is the directions. And we see here, may I just for a moment go to, go to page 12? 
and it says, at long last, I saw, I felt, I believe, scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. A new world came into view. And here it was, the world that I had to see as it was, the reality of it. And then it goes on, and I went on, and I went on. There's the, there's the thing. You see the process here. Our fears, our fears fall from us. Ooh, that sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. That was it. What was there all the time? I didn't know. Once the scales felt and pride was pocketed, I became, for I finally saw who I was. And then it goes on. We may have had spiritual beliefs. And may I say, I'll raise my hand there. But now we begin to have a spiritual experience, to live in the belief. It became more than words. It became an action, a life. And then it ends with, and may I come here, we feel as we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand, we see this often referred to, but may I tell you, my highway wasn't broad. This disease makes it narrower and narrower. It takes away what I thought it gave me. It was not. It was taken away. That's what I couldn't see. And that's what finally I did see. And then I realized where my hand was with the spirit of the universe. Then I could, and then I would. And we end with, and I'm mindful of the time, we see on the end when it says a spiritual experience. Again, the words repeated again. And we go to the bottom of the page. Oh, I'm scooting right down there. And there's where I live. With few exceptions, our members find they have tapped. Look how gentle an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception. Be mindful of the words of a power greater than themselves. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And I'm going to jump in here for a moment and um, take a look at this chapter from another perspective and um, take a look at these lines. It says, we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Now, I want you to know that being alone for me was, has always been the hardest because I'm a sneak eater. So when everybody left the house, when I am alone, I am not safe. Oh, by the way, I'm Sally A. in South Jersey. I forgot to say that. When I'm alone, it's not a safe place because that is where my relationship with food is at its peak. And that's what it was. I had a secret friend, food. And so it says we can be alone at perfect peace because I was never at peace when I was alone because when I was alone, it was high time to eat because nobody was there to watch. I was a sneak eater. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. And let me say, the reason you feel the nearness or the reason I started to feel the nearness of my creator is because my relationship with food was beginning to dwindle and my relationship with my higher power was beginning to grow. That's what started to happen here in step five as I came out of the darkness of the shadows and eating my way through life to remain numb 
and coming into the sunlight of the spirit. And here are some very important things it talks about in this book about the importance of developing our relationship with our higher power. And I really believe that that is the reason why we become more and more recovered as we go through these steps. And as we continue, even after we are recovered, as we grow our relationship with our higher power, that is how we get away from that sick, sick relationship, the isolative, sneaky relationship with that, that uh, very abusive relationship with food. Page 29 is also on page 28, but in the spirit of not saying too many texts, Page 29, each individual in the personal story describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. Now, page 72, page 72 at the top of the page, it says, we have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator. She wins. This is like a theme. And every day, every day, we're reading this sentence on page 164. Right smack in the middle of the page, it says, if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. So my point is, that here in this paragraph on page 75, we see the heart of what they're telling us here is that it's crucial for us to build our relationship with our higher power. And as we do that, we will more and more pull away from that old, sick friendship of being alone with food. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. And I think we're going to go ahead and move on to our next paragraph, Returning Home. Nicole S. Hi, this is Nicole S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything, for we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? And um, I really um, like this, this part after the fifth step, just finding time where I can just have that quiet reflection for an hour and I remember um, one of the first fifth steps I did, my sponsor said, um, did you feel that you were just going to have this, like, you know, lights turn on, lights flashing, you know, experience? And she was saying it wasn't that way for her, and it wasn't that way for me either. But yet um, I, I did feel, after my fifth step, I felt just a sense of, um, of peace and um, just kind of a sense of the load off of me. And then... Um, when I did find this uh, time to just be alone for an hour, and um, I think this is just that, that time of really looking back over the work we've done, and a lot of it for me was um, just being, uh, you know, having a sense of accomplishment also that, you know, I did this and knowing that it was the path.
path that I was going down and the right path for me and um, it was a very necessary work for me to to be recovered and it was really going going through just with that fine comb and looking back reading back over my fifth step and um, and then you know what it says right here is you know thanking God that we know him better and so this was a time of um, me just really being able to thank God for this this work and um, the revelation that he had He's given me through this, and um, the sense of the sense of peace, and um, so I, I think that this that this is a really important thing because we, we want to make sure that we that we've laid the right foundation, as it said, and you know um, it talks about you know carefully reading the first five proposals, and then it says we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last, and. So this is so, so important that we've laid this right foundation, that we haven't skimped on anything, um, that we haven't done a half-heartedly job. And I remember um, that, you know, I did have a few things that, that came up, and I was like, wow, you know, after praying about them, and I had a couple more things that were to be added on this, and then I was able to um, talk to, excuse me, talk to my sponsor about those um, but I think the the just time of having a place where we can be quiet, um, and that was a hard thing for me to do with a small child at the time. Um, but I was still able to. I think I went into my closet and was just able to have that time alone and just have that really good reflection time. So um, I felt that this was a very important thing for me to do to really review what I what I did. And that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nicole. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This Kim, is Janice. Julie R. I heard Kim. I heard, I think I heard a Janice and Julie, Julie. R. I heard you, Julie. I think there's somebody before you. So Robin. Janice. It was Janice P. Oh, Janice. Janice P. Okay. Kim, Janet, Julie, and then Rabia. Let's go ahead and get started with that. Kim and then Janet. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. And why is that? You know, for someone coming into this meeting and thinking, what the heck does this have to do with my eating? You know, why am I going to know God better because I'm, I'm, you know, going through my past? And I want to remind us, you know, what is our problem? You know, what is our problem that we learned in the prior chapters we learn that lack of power is our dilemma. It's not lack of knowledge. It's not lack of thinking or analyzing or pondering or understanding. You know, and that's why this chapter is into action. We're starting to take the actions to get access to that power. And on page 55, we're, we're told, where is that power? That power is deep down inside each and every one of us. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things. That calamity is in our daily life. That pop is my arrogant. My worship of other things is worship of diets and, and you know, getting the right sponsor and meeting makers naked and all these things. So the reason I'm getting to know God better is because I'm removing those blocks. We're beginning to take those actions to remove those blocks. It's so essential that we get unblocked from this power. So they're asking us, is our work solid so far? I just wanted to use this analogy that... I have a deck in my backyard that's, you know, about seven feet off the ground, six, seven feet off the ground, and I wanted to get it, this a porch put on top of it, a screened-in porch. And I got the estimate, and we went to my township, and they said, 
Well, you know what? That's beautiful, but you have to support that porch better. We're going to give you all these requirements you have to do. And I was kind of angry because I thought, well, it's more money for me. And they explained to me, listen, you can make the most beautiful porch, screened-in porch, but if that foundation isn't solid, it's not going to matter because the first storm is going to take it down. So we have to make sure as we continue this work, do we understand that we're a compulsive overeater and that we understand what that means, allergy to the body, obsession of the mind. Do we understand that lack of power is our dilemma? Do we understand that we made this decision to complete all the work, all 12 steps, and we, have we written down everything? Have we been thorough about the specific directions in the big book? And in step five, have we purposely not told someone something? Not that we're not going to be perfect about it, but have we purposely held something back? And if that is true, then our work is solid so far. And let me tell you, I'm so grateful for my township telling me that about my, my uh, porch because I got it done in July and in October with Superstorm Sandy. And let me tell you, a few, you know, how many years later, I still have a beautiful screened-in porch that probably wouldn't have made it through that storm if not for that solid foundation. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Janet, you're up. Juliard, you're up next. This is Janice. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Janice P., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater calling from Minneapolis. Thank you so much, Sally, for your for for uh, leading the meeting today, and and thank you for everybody that has shared so far. You know, here we are talking about this action step that I took that made such a huge difference in my life. You know, they're talking about you're building a relationship with our higher power, and you know, I don't know about you, but relationships were not my strong suit when I was still compulsively overeating. You know, I I didn't let people know me too well, too deeply, too closely. You know, I may have, have revealed some things to some people and kept other things hidden. I I am here, laid out all, all of me, all of me. You know, and I don't have any special qualifications. I don't have any special qualifications on the big book, I don't have any special qualifications in in the recovery process. No expert. But what I do have is my own experience. And my own experience showed me that when I followed these directions, when I had this written inventory withholding nothing, where I put it all out on paper, I began to feel that nearness to this higher power. You know, I, I still today, to this day, I can't explain to you necessarily or to even describe to you what it is that this higher power is to me or what it means. But I know that it's there because the experience has showed me that as I took each of these steps, I grew in effectiveness and understanding. I grew closer and I developed a relationship with this power greater than myself. And and it was not an easy thing to do, but as I stayed abstinent and as I worked each step, this step especially, I began to feel that nearness. Now it says we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. And sitting down 
taking that hour, that quiet time, returning home after doing this fifth step, I began to get inklings. I began to get just little glimpses of, of what was yet to come because I was building this relationship that I could say, I have come this far. Thank you, God. I have come this far. And never, never could I have done that by myself. My experience, my past showed me that no matter how great the desire or the wish, I couldn't put down the food and keep it down. Remember, the most dangerous part was not when I was compulsively overeating. I mean, there were certainly consequences to that. The most dangerous part was when I was not compulsively overeating because it was my thinking. It was my thinking that needed transformation. And this is the process of the steps. I am being transformed. And I continue to experience that to this very day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janet P. And please let me say I'm so sorry. I really botched watched up on hearing your name properly. Oh, don't you worry about that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your share. Julie R., it's your turn. And Robbie, you're up next. Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Uh, thank you, Sally, for your service. You know, the first sentence says, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. You know, I, I've been in OA since 83, so I've done a handful for my share of fifth steps. But I never sat quiet for an hour. It was, uh, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes. I was looking at the clock. I was waiting for this spiritual thing to happen and encompass me and because I never really got it I had never really went through the steps like the big book and when I did go through the steps exactly how it says to do in the big book it was miraculous especially this last time when I redid the steps um, after my uh, relapse that hour went by so fast because I did exactly what the book said. I took my book down. I had lit my candles. I had lit my sage. I had had my music on. And I read those first five proposals. I talked to my creator. I sat in quiet meditation going through my inventory in my head to make sure I didn't miss anything because I surely had those times before. And when it was done, I felt a release like I had never felt before. Not only did I, you know, the tears were flowing, but I was being filled up with something. It was like that new relationship. Something had shifted. And when I was done, when I could say, yes, I didn't skimp anything, the stones are in place, have I tried to make mortar without sand? And I thanked my creator. I looked up at the clock, and it was almost two hours had went by. And I was shocked because never in all the years that I had tried doing this before did I ever have that time. Did I ever be so seamless? Did I ever feel such a relief? And that was the beginning. And it's continuing every day, of course, because I have to live in 10, 11, and 12. But we have specific 
instructions. It tells us exactly what to do. We don't have to interject anything because that's what I'd like to do. Well, you know what? I feel I've done it. I've read it. Yeah, I'm ready. It doesn't say that. It says returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. Returning home, that means immediately after my fourth step, not a month later, not two months later, um, my sponsor had me call her when my, my time was done. So we shared about it. This is a step that is so important. It's like it's it's, it's preparing us for the rest of our life. So um, I was very very happy that I got to experience exactly what it said I would. I, I was going to have a new nearness with my Creator. So that's all I would like to share. Thank you. Thank you, Julie R. And Robbie, you'll be our last share this morning. Robbie. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is. Rabia M. I am a compulsive overeater from New York, and I'm so happy to be in this big book classroom with all my fellows this morning and teaching newcomers and beginners um, the depth of each paragraph as it was taught to me. And so uh, returning home um, with my big book guide, uh, who was teaching me precisely how to do these steps as she had been taught precisely by her big book guide and was so freely passing on to me, uh, I, I met with her after we did. I did my fourth step. Um, as I shared yesterday, eight days later after I started my fourth step, and we both drove three hours so we could meet, and we did a um and we did a, my fourth step and fifth step and and then when i was finished um she was going to drive home and i said i'm just going to sit in my car and take my hour here and she brought me precisely back to the big book and it says returning home so i followed just what she said me to do i um drove 3 hours back home and then i sat for an hour carefully reviewing, um, and I was able to thank God, the stirrings of spirit from the bottom of my heart that that I was starting to feel love, and, and God is love, and my power comes from love, and and I was starting to feel that from the time she spent with me and the intimacy we had. And and the starting of um, of these bondages of self to be um, lifted, and then she told me to carefully read the first five proposals, the first five steps, and see if I had omitted anything. And and I did exactly that. And and she had told me to sit quiet for an hour and see how I feel and have the promises come true. Um, have I omitted anything? And I realized that I felt delighted because I had done it. You know, I felt like I could look the world in the eye because a veil was starting to lift. And um, it, it, the beauty of of this quiet process, it's a very quiet process. It's becoming more and more at this point between me and this power um, this guarantee that the big book has told me that if I go through all these steps and I am going to have a deep, quiet relationship developing with the power, um, and that was starting to happen in this step. And, and I, I'm grateful that 
it says to sit quiet for an hour. And there's my timer. Um, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabia. Thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Angela D., Will you please read page 164 in the vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. This is Angela D., a newly recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him. In your morning meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him. God, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Sorry. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you, keep you, until then. Amen.